If you are watching via YouTube or Spotify, you are seeing the intro for my next guest podcast. I have the pleasure of interviewing Lana Reed, who is an award-winning author and the host of The Male Perspective. So it's always a good time when we get together. Um, she's been on the podcast a couple of times and uh, definitely sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Generation Motivation, the podcast. I am your host, Jay Snipes, aka the podcast of the people. Thank you, thank you, thank you, as always, for tuning in. Um, you know what? I'm not even going to you know, get long-winded on my introduction. I want to jump right into it. I have a, <laughs> I have a young lady to my left. Um, just beautiful spirit. She is a friend of uh, of Generation Motivation. Um, this is her second time actually being interviewed for the podcast. But not only was she interviewed last year, she was also um, part of our uh, mental health awareness forum as well. I have uh, Miss Lana Reed, who is the host of the Male Perspective, as well as author of the book we're going to be talking about, Basements and Blossoms. So. Lana Reed, welcome to Generation Motivation, the podcast again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, man, please. We family. Are we, are we family. <laughs> are we most definitely family. Hey, hey, both from North Carolina. This is why I specifically wore my North Carolina age. There you go. Here, you know, she's from Winston-Salem. And we got a little inside joke. I got some sweet <laughs> I got some sweet tea. Yeah, and no, seriously, I, I I don't even drink sweet tea, and we just so happen so ha, happen to have some in the refrigerator right now. Some sweet All tea. All right, next you need that and some uh, a Krispy Kreme donut, chocolate glaze for me, and I'll be I'll be at home. I had some last week. <laughs> I did. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm being dead serious. I'm not even joking. There you go. There you go. Well, thank thank you for the welcome. We're gonna sit there and talk about home, anyways. We better. Get, right. get. Most definitely, Lana. What is going on? You know, like I said, I a definitely a friend of Generation Motivation. Anytime I, I call upon her, she is um willing and 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 able to participate. And that's just, you know, a beautiful thing. The fact that um, you know, that you are such a giving person. And the way we actually met was she interviewed me uh for her podcast, the male perspective. And we we've been like this, you know, ever since just trying to make sure that we both flourish and we both, uh, you know, continue to build one another up. So how, how's life treating you? Life is good. I got no complaints. I wake up every day. This 53-year-old body still works. Hey. <laughs> you said <laughs> you got to put a foil on some spots, though, but you're good, yeah, right? You got to put a little heat. You got to put a little heat every now and then and stretch a little longer. But, you know, everything. I mean, no complaints. Life is good, you know. Um Hey, I'm, my eyes open every day. I ain't got no complaints at all. No complaints at all. You know, I, I thank God every day for just, you know, being here, being an opportunity to be a vessel to serve. You know, you mentioned that in the opening, you know, that um, we came together. Basically, we were, you know, being of service to each other. I think that's what it's all about. And I'm, I'm just happy to be a vessel in this world and, you know, doing my little work. So life is good. Life is good. Life is blessed. Hey, life is blessed. blessed. Hey, <laughs> hey, look, you're not doing little work. You're doing, you're doing big things. No, hey. no, I'm doing little things. There's people out there doing some really big things like generation motivation, you know. <laughs> nah, hey, look, and I'm going to say it again, because I said it, you know, in our prior interview, you surpassed a hundred episodes of the male perspective 
Um, and we, we definitely gonna jump into the book, but I, I do mm. want to touch on the male perspective podcast first and foremost, because it's very unique in the dynamic of the male perspective. So, um, you know, generation motivation is all about, you know, highlighting those in the community using their platform to affect positive change. And so the male perspective actually is set up where you're interviewing African-American males, being able to show um, their beauty inside and out. And, and you want to paint this, this picture. Not, I'm not even going to say paint a picture. You want to show the, the perspective. Reality. Yeah, the reality. I like that. The reality of the African-American male, because you want them being fathers, mm -hmm. brothers, you know, uh, well, the type of service uh, in the community, all, yeah, all of that. They're doing just, all of that. Just, just doing all that. You want them to be able to have a fair shake, be able to come home to their families, be able to provide for their families. And I, I think it's beautiful that you, um, that you, you know, seek out these, these males and allow them to share their stories and, um, their hopes, their dreams, their goals, their aspirations, their successes, their shortcomings and how they've grown from them. I just think it's beautiful that you've chosen to to use your platform in that manner. So just, just talk a little bit about the male perspective. First of all, before I get started, I want to say thank you to uh, the men that have participated. You have been one um, because I don't think people understand the behind the scenes. What happens is you guys get this message from some strange woman that you've never met before, that you've never heard of and said, hey, I want to talk to you for 30 minutes. You got 30 minutes to talk to me. I know you don't know me. And uh, without hesitation, without fail, you guys say, sure, we'll, we'll give you some time. We'll, we'll be of service to you. So I want to say thank you to that. I mean, I don't, I don't take that lightly. That is, that is just such a huge thing for a stranger just to come out, you know, the box and say, Hey, talk to me. Um, so first and foremost, that's how it starts. I, I just roam around the internet, you know, use, I tell people I use hashtags all the time, you know, to, to look for brothers, say, hey, can you talk to me? Yeah. Um, but, you know, I've always felt as a woman, um, I'm, I'm, I'm all for healthy relationships. And I think a lot of it stems from communication. You know, we have to be able to sit down and have healthy communication. And um, I believe part of that is, is listening just really listening, understanding, grasping what what the other person, what the other gender is saying. And that was my motivation for starting the male perspective. I said, I, I just want to hear what they're talking about. I just I just need to understand. And as we get into the book, um, it was also part of my heal healing journey as well. Um, but, you know, I just wanted to just really be in a space where I could ask some questions and here and it's kind of easy now with the way technology is you know i can talk to guys all over the world and <clears throat> excuse me and have these dialogues and put men in a position where i feel comfortable chatting with her she's not going to be barking at me she's not going to be accusing me of anything she's not going to be pointing at me and why didn't you, didn't you know? <laughs> right right so it further creates an uh, an avenue or arena where we can have a healthy exchange, healthy dialogue. So a safe um, space, a safe space, uh, and it's been so enriching to me, so educational to me. Because I get to talk to men who are doing things that um, I would never. I mean, I, I just have no information, no knowledge of. So it's it's a 
a learning experience for me. I talked to uh, brothers, just, I mean, just doing some amazing work in this community. Uh, brothers who uh, work with uh, reentry services, you know, helping people transition from prison. Uh, I help, I, I talk to uh, brothers who start their own cigar lines and I don't even smoke, but I learned how to, you know, hand roll the cigar. Not right, right, right. <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, teachers, I mean, it has just been phenomenal and it's just been a, a wonderful, wonderful journey. I mean, I'm, I think more women should do it. I'm, yeah. You know, it's funny. It's funny you say that about how you reach out because, hey, <laughs> hey, the first thing I said, I said, babe, I said, I got a strange woman. <laughs> Somebody in my DMs. Hey, right? I said, I said, is it okay? Is it okay if I, hey, boy, hey, I, hey, I was like, is it okay? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I know I'm like, okay, every time I click send, I'm like, we don't know how this is going to be received. But, you know, <laughs> hopefully once you start to scroll through the, you hey. know, the song, you're like, oh, she's legit. She really does sit down and talk to a whole bunch of guys. But I still have to say thank you because I know it's such a risk for, you know, people to, you know, just take a chance and be like, okay, I'm going to say. And then I think that's the beauty. People need to understand the male perspective is really two strangers just sitting down and having a conversation. I tell there's no script. There's no, you know, I mean, the, the fact that you guys trust me that she's going to ask me some questions and they're not going to be too like, oh, the light is shining on me and this is going to make me squirm. You know, she's really going to make this a comfortable place for me to have a conversation with her. And I, I mean, I'm just so humbled by all of that because uh, y'all don't know me from a can of paint. <laughs> Hey, and I will say this though, and, and you know, it's definitely, definitely a beautiful thing because for, for guys that have never had a platform, for guys that have never been highlighted, for guys that have, you know, these goals and they want to show the world what they're made of and they want to show, you know, what their vision is for, for these guys that have families to be able to you know, cut on an interview and have, you know, their families and their friends to sit down and watch, you know, all of this unfold. And then, you know, your kids look at you differently, like, oh, that's, that's, you know, that's, that's my father up there. Your, you know, your mm -hmm. spouse or, you know, parents looking at you like, you know, that's, that's a sense of pride. They, they, they start sharing it. Look mm -hmm. at what my baby boy is doing, stuff like that. And, you know, and it just instills that confidence yes. in you. Um, and, and, and I think it's awesome once again, that, that you are so invested in being able to highlight what these brothers are doing and that gives them the motivation. You know, it's almost like you said, you're being used as a vessel. So it's like a sign from God, like, you know what, sometimes when they doubt themselves and then all of a sudden, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know if I want to keep doing it. And then all of a sudden someone sends them a message and say, Hey, you know, I, I see what you're doing. And I want to interview you. I think I think what you're doing is is something is is yeah is is definitely a worthwhile cause or whatever whatever it is. And I want to highlight you, and that just that just gives them that fuel to continue doing what they're doing. So um, definitely keep keep. I, I don't have to tell you to keep doing it. You, <laughs> look, I'm I'm knee deep in it now. You gotta, so you, gotta, you can't turn back now. You can't turn back now. You I'm can't. Knee, I'm now. knee deep in it, and you know I just think. 
you know, the messages that society gives you guys, and, and, and you hear sometimes from us as black women or your, your significant others, you know, you, you hear all of the, the negative imagery and, and reflection about yourself. So to have somebody say, hey, no, I think that's some awesome stuff you're doing. Let, let, let's see what you got here. Oh, you did. Oh, that's amazing. You know, and I, I mean, kudos to you. I'm so proud of you. You keep on doing and I'm gonna check on you. And I mean, it's just, I mean, I just think you guys need that more. And if I can occupy that space with a 30 minute interview over Zoom, I mean, hey, I mean, I'm, yeah. Hey, I'm just, I'm just here to do it. I'm just here to do it. So walking, walking in purpose. That's, that's yes, you know, because I mean, I talk to a lot of brothers that are fathers and husbands, and and the world likes to say that you guys are incompetent at that, or you don't do that, or you you know avoid your responsibilities. But I talk to so many brothers that are holding it. Trying, hey, amen. You know what I'm saying? Holding it down, going to basketball tournaments, and you know just. Family trips and you know, I mean, yes. you know, hey, if I can just sh you know shed the light more on you know contradicting what society and media and scrolling on these things is trying to implant in you, like you said, I I'm just gonna you know I'm a vessel, just use me as a vessel. So exactly, and you know, and it's funny you say that when we talk about perspectives and and narratives because actually generation motivation, the tagline is we are creating the narrative. That's right. And you you have to, because if you allow someone else to create that narrative and you don't do your research, mm -hmm. and you, don't, you don't investigate and you you you're just naive to, you know, what narrative is being you know put in front of you. Yes, that, that's that's dangerous. Yes. And you have to really be careful with these things. You know, yes. you have to really, really be careful. Yeah. Knowledge is power. Yes. Knowledge is power. So let's talk about this, this piece of work right here, mm -hmm. basements and blossoms. So for those who were uh, privy to, you know, be able to hear the first interview um, or, you know, actually tune into the mental health awareness uh, forum, then, then you kind of know the backstory to this particular book and, and also the backstory to how you came about, you know, doing the male perspective. Mm -hmm. uh, but can you just shine a little bit of light on what inspired you? This is our second book. So what inspired you to write? This is your third book? Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, excuse me. You, you get a pass. You get a I'm pass. Right. Excuse me. I, I didn't know. <laughs> book number three. <laughs> book number three. Okay. So, well, what inspired you to, to, to write this book. And I, I guess the book's prior to that as well. I mean, we can definitely touch okay. on it. Um, an author, let's say that. Okay, so that book is actually a memoir. So um, I just was at a place in my life where I had did a lot of uh, healing and personal reflection. And I thought it was time to write this particular segment of my life. You know, catch me in another 20 years, there'll probably be another one. But um, I, I felt like I had did enough uh, healing in some aspects of life um, that I wanted to kind of just put uh, pen to paper. Uh, the book is actually three different uh, elements of struggle, personal conflict uh, that I had to overcome. And I started off with, I think, the most 
significant struggle I have ever had to experience in my life. And that was the murder of my husband. We had been murdered. Um, we had been married for 12 years at the time. And uh, he went out one Saturday night and just never came home, you know. Uh, and uh, I'm looking at the time here. So let me give you a back, a little backstory here. So, because I, I don't want to take up too much time. No, so, no, no. It's important. So, so we were, we had been married for 12 years and, uh, you know, doing the whole traditional American family thing, daughter was seven at the time. He went out to, uh, one Saturday night to watch the fight with the fellas. Mm -hmm. And as, uh, he was all the fight was over and he came out and they were all hanging out in front of the house talking, you know, how the fellas do just talking and vibing. And uh, the part of town he was in L LA was not the best area and uh, car rolled by and started shooting. And my husband took four bullets and uh, they say the one to his lungs is what killed him. He basically drowned to death. But the, the whole evening was so surreal because when I got the call, they, uh, my brother-in-law called me and he was like, well, he's at the hospital, but he's in surgery. So I went to the hospital and uh, they were like, we don't have anybody here by the name of your husband, but we have a John Doe. So when they were trying to explain this John Doe to me, they said, well, does he have any identifying marks? And I said, my husband has a, a tattoo on his heart on his chest and it's a picture of the world and it has my name and his daughter our daughter's name so saying that uh we are his world and that's when they informed me that that was my husband and he had arrived at the hospital dead on arrival I had brought my daughter with me to the hospital because they were telling me he was just in surgery so now I have to turn to the seven-year-old child and tell her daddy's not coming home while I'm trying to process everything mentally as well and then family starting to arrive or whatever so that's when the daydream the days just started to um just transpire and you're just kind of walking around in a fog and I remember coming home it was late by the time we got home after midnight putting my daughter to bed and, and, and this is what people need to understand about grief, uh, putting her to bed and then just sitting on the couch in the living room, like, I'm just going to wait here. He's going to turn the key. He's going to turn the key. He's going to come in. This is just, this is all a dream. And it was like that for weeks, yeah. waiting for, waiting for him to come through the door. Wait, just, you know, like, okay, I know I got a plan. I got to, you know, I plan, but he's going to come through the door. He's going to come through the door. And, um, I'm sorry not to interrupt you and I was going I'm sorry and I was going to say and I remember in the book you said that you didn't even want visitors to come because it would make it seem like it was it was permanent that was it yes. was actually exactly. I did you know because people were calling like you know do you want us to come by and sit with you no you don't need to because he's coming home I don't know why would you come over here he's he's coming home I don't know no I don't need that you know so you're just kind of it's it's I mean I was 32 at the time I'm a widow I'm a single mother, everything, it was just so, you, 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 you never expect for a plan for those things, you know, and when people say that, it seems so cliche, but 
you really, you really don't, it was just so far-fetched. Um, and it, it just, I have always been a, a very strong person. I've always been, you know, a self-reliant person. Um, it's one of the th reasons that attracted my, my late husband to me. So <clears throat> even after that funeral is over and everybody goes home, I'm still, you know, I go into this process of I got to function. They've got has to get to school, got to make the lunch, we got to do the homework. But in this process of just getting back to normal, I never grieved. I never healed. I never unpacked everything. And that process lasted for years. I was unaware of it, but that process lasted for years. And, and part of that journey is talked about in the book, how, you know, it, it, it reflected itself in some of my decision-making process. Um, guys I, I picked to date afterwards, trying to like think that I was going to, you know, get somebody similar, you know, so, you know, grief is such a interesting dynamic and it's so different for everybody else. But the thing that I can tell people is you have to find effective ways to cope with it, because if you do not cope with it, oh boy, trouble is a coming, trouble is a coming. But anyways, I don't ram my mouth about that. But that's one part perspective of the book is, and, and the major part of the book is how um, that was a very dark time and a very long lasting dark time in my life. Um, and I have just recently got to a part, a place in life where, <clears throat> you know, I've packaged it and I'm, I'm in a healthy place in this journey. And, you know, uh, it still hits me. I, I tell people all the time, you know, there can be a song that'll come on and like it, it'll take you there, but it's not, it's not as devastating as it was before. And, you know, and, and so the title of the book, uh, Basements and Blossoms, and it's a very, um, uh, is a, is a section in, in the book towards the end. And it just kind of connects everything together in, in terms of the title of the book. And you said, um, since I am here to pin these words to paper, it is evident that I heeded my mother's words and never tried to jump from base from the basements of life that I found myself in. Instead, I took those dark and uncertain moments and used them as opportunities to blossom into a better version of myself. That's beautiful, though. So basements and blossoms. So that's how the title came yeah. about. Basements, yeah. But uh, when I was a little girl, my mother told me uh, she was mad at me for something and whatever. Uh, and you know how we do those things as kids. Well, you know, I'm just gonna I'm gonna run away or I'm gonna kill myself or whatever. She yeah. was, you know, be a smart. Black folks don't jump from the basement, <laughs> so that's what. That... <laughs> you know, we already got it tough. You know, black folks don't jump from the basement. So, you know, so you know, that's kind of, you know, you get the the idea like, okay, life is already hard. So let me find some way to cope with this, you know, but today yeah. uh, in the black community, we, we have better ways to cope with it than some of the older Southern, Southern traditional ways of just suck it up. You know, you do have to express about, it, you have to talk about it. Um, I'm all for promoting healthy mental health uh, varieties. I want to say that, <clears throat> but uh, part of my, uh, upbringing, and I talk about this in the book, is I'm an Air Force brat. I'm a military child. Mm -hmm. So part of that time, we lived in uh, Japan for quite a few years. And, and 
Okinawa. And the only, the only reason I know about Okinawa was because of the Karate Kid. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say Karate Kid too. No. Was it I only saw the first. I only saw the first one. Oh, okay. One. He went. He went to Okinawa and fell in love with somebody. But go oh, ahead. Okay. Yeah. But no. The the lotus flower is yeah, uh, very thing. common. Yeah, it's very common there. So as a child, I was uh, introduced to the lotus flower, and it it grows in these muddy ponds. And uh, it grows underneath the water. And then every day when the sun comes out, it's a, it's a white flower. So it, and it's, it's in this muddy pond. And every day when the sun comes out, it kind of rises up outside uh, on top of the water and blossoms. And it's clean and pristine, even though it came up out of the mud. And it does that. And then, you know, the, the thing about the, the lotus flower, it can be planted, but it takes three or four years for it finally to, um, to blossom. So it takes some time. It's not, you know, uh, a quick harvest, you know what I'm saying? So it's so reflective in so many areas of life and what we go through. And um, that always stuck with me from a little girl being there. So, you know, part of my journey, I, I have been exposed to symbolic tools that have helped me emotionally get along the way so you know when I was writing that book you know I, I thought about my mom uh but then I, I started to think about the things that I had been given along the way to kind of get me through some tough times so yeah so basements the blossoms you know so that's that's where it is and then and then of course you segued and and you started doing the male perspective as well which is also an extension of the healing process like you said but then also using what you've learned from that healing process to be able to help put others in a shed, shed a light on their story. So, you know, hopefully um, they, they'll be able to learn, uh, others will be able to learn about, you know, our community and. Yeah. These, these... Well, yeah, and I, not to cut you off. I, I want to, if, if the girls, my girls from college, and, and there's only five, were to uh, <laughs> be here. So you know who you are, five. <laughs> <laughs> they would they would tell you, you no, know, they they would say Lana was always the one at the table with the guys. Well, why you do that? And and when you say that, what does it mean? And so they would tell you that it was already destined for me to be sitting up here asking the guys all these questions because I have done that my entire life. You know, I, I'm probably the the equivalent of annoying little sister, you know, hanging out with the big brothers, like, well, why you, well, how come I can't play ball with y'all? You know what right. I'm saying? <laughs> right. So I've always been tagging along, asking all of the questions. So I, I think it was in my destiny probably to be doing the male perspective, but also, you know, when um, my husband was killed, my first book, as was part of the therapy, my love notes to a black man. I, I just, you know, at 53 now, I just see that, you know, that's the direction that God wanted me to go. So I probably was resistant along the way, but I'm obedient now. I'm obedient now. Exactly. And I want you to toot your horn a little bit as well. So tell us a little bit about um, your connection with Black Enterprise, what you did with Black Enterprise. <laughs> oh, hey, I, yes, please. <sighs> Okay, so um, what, what, hey, yes, I don't don't be modest. I don't. Want I'm to, trying to you know. So I'm I'm pulling everything out. You don't know you you got you probably have grandparents like I had grandparents. Maybe you better be humble and all that stuff. So some sometimes it's a little difficult to be tooting your own horn. But um, 
when I did my, my love notes to a black man, um, and, and like I said, at the time I did it, I was coming out of my 12 year marriage and I was kind of in a cocoon. So I didn't, I didn't realize that the dating world had gotten so bad, you know? So when I, I wrote the book and I started doing book tour and, and talking to people, whatever, and people were complaining, I was like, what are y'all complaining about? Where, why, isn't it wonderful love? And, you know, we just, you know, you get together and you raise a family and they're like, no, it ain't like that. Where you been? <laughs> <laughs> Right, shut that down quickly, huh? You know, like, okay, okay, I guess I have been under a rock. I've been married, okay. Right. Um, so I, I said, you know, I've always kind of been Mrs. Fix-It. Let's find a solution to the problem. So I, I decided to have a seminar, a Black relationship think tank, um, because one of the things that helped me in my marriage, and I talk about this in the book, was my elders, so when I was sitting up there in my marriage um, saying, uh, dude, I don't like you. I can't stand you. It was my, my great aunties, my grandmother, whatever, you know, that, that I could go and talk to and say, hey, this is how you do it. So anyways, um, I wanted to recreate that situation. So I, I got with Black Enterprise and they sponsored the Black Relationship Think Tank. And we had these one-day seminars. I had couples that had been married 20, 30, 40 years sit down, talk to the younger folks. This is how we do it. No, you're not going to like each other every day. If you think you're going to, you know, so they would just talk you through the whole relationship and the reality of what marriage is. And I think that was very important because, you know, when I do my, my Loving Him Better seminars today, a lot of the young people are saying, we don't know anybody. We don't have people in our families that have been married 20 years. We have no mentors. We have no role models. So, um, you know, I, I think that's what, you know, we're lacking today. And, and that's kind of where I try to fit, fit yeah. in in my space. Yeah, that's 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 awesome, though. Um, and you're right. It's funny because uh, I was interviewing one of one of my friends uh, on a recent podcast episode and and we were, I mean, we've been friends since high school, college roommates and the whole nine. And he was telling me, he said, you know, you, he said, your parents were one of the few parents that I knew that were still married mm -hmm. for an extended period of time. And I, and I found that interesting. My, my parents have been married for 50 plus years. I want to say. Awesome. And, and, you know, that's one of the reasons if my late husband was here, he would tell you one of the reasons that he chose me to be his wife is because I came, I was the only female he had ever witnessed in his community that was raised in a two-parent home. Mm, wow. Wow. And that was important to him. He wanted somebody who knew what a family, long-term family looked like what unity was and 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 someone that respected the sanctity of of marriage mm -hmm. in that relationship wow mm. um you, you know we winding down because i can't yeah i i was like oh okay I, I, I didn't think i was running my mouth that much no, you're okay. not running your mouth no 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 <laughs> hey you, hey, you it's so it, you, you know, know it's north kakalaki folks hold on <laughs> hey but <laughs> <laughs> Hey, but you know what? It's because the topics that you touch on are so deep. And and it's funny that she, I, I saw her look at the screen like, oh, time, you know, it's kind of looking at the time because being a podcast, she kind of knows. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it's funny because it's just, 
I mean, these topics are so deep. And it's like you said, using that terminology of unpacking and, you know, you, you want to make sure you're touching on, we, 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 we just touched on a fraction of the book. We didn't even really get into it by the book. <laughs> you will you'll understand everything. Yeah, trying to unpack and definitely, definitely check out her podcast as well, a male perspective. And and I'm, I'm of course I'm gonna put the links and everything, uh, so people can uh, support you. I mean, YouTube uh, channels and your know, Instagram handles and, and the whole nine. But um, and I suggest the ladies kind of peek in because you know some of the questions you might not you know be comfortable asking. I'll get it out there. You know. <laughs> Hey, trust me. Hey, look, trust me. It's gonna be the ladies that's gonna watch it anyway. And the reason I say that because they don't necessarily know exactly until they until the guys don't know until they actually view it and understand what you're trying to do. So, like you said, they might be a little hesitant. Like, is she? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I trust me. I've I've been on the male perspective, and it it's just it's nothing but building us up. I want yeah. you to understand. It. It's allowing us to tell our story. It's it's our perspective, just like she says. And, and she's being used as a vessel to help guide us to tell our stories. And so people see the reality of what we go through and the reality of what we're trying to build in our communities, in our families, you know, you know, so I, I it's just it's just awesome. Um, I'm not gonna let you slide without. <laughs> me at least getting my 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 final question in which is you know generation motivation the podcast um how do you feel as though you are motivating your generation and generations to come i i would just hope um it would be this 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 component of communication i i just think a lot of stuff could be fixed if we just sit down and have a lot of conversation you hear so many incidents happening around the world at grocery stores and fast food restaurants you know a lot of that could have been resolved with just can we sit down and have a conversation you know like because you realize a lot of times half of the stuff really ain't as serious as you making it out to be you know what i'm saying and we have these big blow-ups and all this stuff i mean i would hope that you know, you have an opportunity to say, here, here are two people, or here's somebody can sit down week after week after week after week, have a conversation, walk away from that experience, are better for it, have a, a different understanding, a better perspective, a better understanding, and everybody's better for it. You know, I would just hope people learn and understand and see how valuable just a conversation is, you know, so. What did Tevin Campbell say? Can we talk? Can we talk about it? Tevin, just Tevin? a minute. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> just a minute. Just a minute. Just you know what I'm on the same page. And if we don't like each other after we're on the same page, then at least we understand and let's go our separate ways. But Thank you. You know what I'm saying? Just a conversation. You know what I'm saying? I, that, would, that would be my hope. I, I think that's the, the foundation for a lot of things in life. Just a conversation, you know? Yes, exactly. And it's important to have healthy dialogue, to be able to communicate and also to be able to weed out miscommunication. That's a lot yes. of, uh, you know, there's communication and miscommunication. And, and sometimes people don't understand how to be able to, you know, yes. dissect the two, you know what I'm saying? And, and process and decipher. Yes, yes. Uh, so, but uh, Lana, anything else you want to leave us with? What? I would just hope that... Uh 
everybody uh, is out there in this world just, you know, making self-improvement, uh, you know, doing their best to be self-aware and, and where they can be their best self and where they can make their contrib uh, contributions to this world. We are not here. We are not here to not leave some sort of value contributions to this life. So uh, find where you fit. Where, fine, you know, it's like double dutch. Find where you fit in and, and jump in and, and do the work. You know what I'm saying? We're, you know, this this life should count for something. This life should count for something. Find what, what your purpose is and, and, and do that. You know what I'm saying? That would, that's all I got to say. I ain't got, I mean, you know, if we had another hour or so and some more sweet tea and some donuts, I could probably talk about some more stuff, but you know. Right. Um, hey, well, you know what, Lana, I definitely um I definitely appreciate you for uh taking taking the time to join us again on uh you know generation motivation podcast, as well as I thank you for everything that you're doing to be able to show, you know, the world what brothers like myself, uh, what we have intended, you know, for life, what, what our purpose is and giving us that platform. So um, thank you so much. And I, I really mean that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for yeah. motivating for, you know, it is, it, it is not an easy uh, feat to, to jump out here and do this podcasting thing. I don't think a lot of people understand that. So uh Thank you. And you keep on being amazing and keep on being the type of example that I love to uplift on my show. Husband, father, just friend. I mean, just just keep on giving me something to just show to the world. Hey, 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 see, y'all keep on talking about that. But no, look, I got one here. He doing generation motivation. And exactly. down here raising his family and take care of it. So you just keep on being an example to give me something to, to, to cheer for. So we'll do. Hey, and you, the listener and viewer, definitely appreciate you for tuning in to another episode of Generation Motivation Podcast. Um, we thank Lana. We wish her the best. Everything will be in the in the notes. So definitely, you know, follow and support her as well. And until next time, I'll holler. <laughs>